yes this is not the intro music i know slightly disappointing but i needed to come and tell y'all that we have decided to split this episode up so it's going to be a two-part episode what you're about to hear is going to be part one obviously and then part two will come next week just because we talked for a really long time so we decided to split it up but don't worry the discussion gets longer slightly juicier so stay tuned now we roll the intro music hey all and welcome back to another episode of t young for an old talk i'm here with me it's abriana <laughs> and today's episode we're switching it up just a little bit um pleased to have two guests with us today um I'll let them introduce themselves, but uh, Shannon and Tiffany uh, from QC. Um, we're going to have a quick little discussion looking at how it's been coming, you know, to the North, to North America, basically, and starting their Instagram page and growing so rapidly in such a quick period of time and, you know, just really killing it, honestly. It's good to see. But, um... Yeah, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, so we can start with Shannon, and, you know, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, and, you know, nothing too crazy, just a, you know, just a little bit of a, a little bit to wet the palate. Yeah. Okay, so, hi, this is Shannon, and I'm from Canada, I am currently a second year dental student at Howard University College of Dentistry. Um, I moved to the U.S. three years ago because I graduated from QC in 2017. Um, yeah, that's me. Oof. And then we also have Tiffany, so you can hop in and, you know, run us up to speed. Hi, this is Tiffany. I am a first-year dental student at the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine. I also moved to the U.S. three years ago um as i graduated with all three people <laughs> three people on this call um from qc in 2017 and yeah i'm just now moving to philadelphia to start this new journey so that is that's me. exciting Ooh. okay so we have a little teaser about where you're at right now give us a little insight on the journey moving from because we all did sixth form um the journey moving from sixth form to university speak about that journey in general moving from a structured school environment like sixth form into university but also you're moving countries you're jumping now you're not still in Barbados anymore and then within that how did you decide what you were going to study you can decide who goes first okay so me Shannon um leaving Barbados was I was very excited applying everything I was super excited I was like this is a new adventure a new journey a new place you know I'll be with my parents it's gonna be awesome (laughs) (laughs) um And then I got like a bit of a culture shock because when I came here, I was like, wow, wait a second. I'm actually leaving my family. I actually have to be so far away from them for so long at such long periods. 
and the first semester was very hard like i was missing the food like i was starving <laughs> oh <laughs> no the harsh reality like it was just it was hard um i came up to us though knowing exactly what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to do dentistry and um, so as a result like i applied to do this accelerated program that's at howard so that was always my goal leaving barbados um and in terms of structure it was crazy because we left a school where you know they literally pressure you and they force you and you have to go to classes and you literally can't sit under the tree because they'll come for you kind of experience and then coming here and then nobody really cares you have mm-hmm. to or you wake up for your class you have to make sure that yeah. you have your work there's no accountability on the school's part like you have to become the individual to succeed if you want to succeed so yeah that was my experience leaving Barbados um i had a very similar experience um applying to Howard i thought it was i actually thought it was going to be um, better <laughs> than it was when I first got there. Um, it was also a culture shock um, because there were so many, you, you really have to get used to being in a space with so many people who are so different from you. Um, and so it makes you a little uncomfortable at first. But, you know, in being there, um, it was helpful that we had a large Caribbean community. Um, so that really, really, really helped me to settle down because at first, in my first semester, same thing as Shannon, I was starving, I was cold, I didn't oh, want to be there. <laughs> I, I was just, you know, dealing with a whole bunch of things that, you know, you wouldn't expect to come on in your, you know, in your first year. Yeah. And, um... University life looks so glamorous. <laughs> it looks so nice on the TV. Listen. Like, oh my gosh, this is great. Uh, no, like, it's, it's, it's hard. You, you have to get acclimated to so many different things. The weather, the food, you know, just being um, alone because you're yeah. not with mm. your parents. Um, but, you know, you learn how to deal with it quickly. That's the truth. Um, once you find, like, a you know a good support group you learn how to deal with it quickly especially at Howard because you know you're seeing it's, it's a small school so you're seeing familiar faces every day yeah that's nice I feel like that's something that we were lucky with because we both stayed with family for most of our time up here so we kind of always had a support even though it was still like a you know a big difference being away from moms and that the core family members but yeah Looking back, I did miss play. I, I miss play right now. Like every weekend, I used to get play back home to once a once a six months. Yeah. Since seeing as both of you guys kind of you know, I feel like most people at QC, um, at least from my memory, looking back, kind of had an idea of what they wanted to do or a couple of things that spoke to them. If you guys didn't follow this specific path, were there any other? alternatives that you considered or like were high up there like oh okay i actually wouldn't mind doing or i'm interested in doing x y and z yeah did you have a plan b or do you still have a plan b still good to have one (laughs) you don't have to but like being head-on is nice i mean my plan b honestly was medicine so it was either or and i Mm. 
honestly did not see any other options for myself. But when I came, okay, leaving Barbados, I saw no other option. It was dentistry first, medicine second, nothing else. But then when I came here and I realized there's so many more things than just being those two things in biology or in healthcare. Like I learned all the different, like we just hear about a nurse, but there's so many different types of nurses. There's so many different opportunities. I could be a biomedical engineer. I could do something in healthcare, but not necessarily be a dentist or a doctor. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. So if push came to shove and I had to really think of a plan B, there's more opportunities now. So I'd have to do more research, but yeah. I personally did not have a plan B. Like, I, as Shannon said, she had med. I did not even have med. Like, it was dentistry or nothing for me. Actually, because I want to move back to Barbados when I'm finished. So, it's so hard in Barbados getting, you know, creative with your biology degree or, you know, a biochemical degree. It's, it's, it's really hard any job market because there's is there's almost nothing that you can really do so yeah. i i never really wanted to be a doctor anyway so i didn't that was never a plan b but in terms of dentistry it was that was it for me really <laughs> fun fact for you um it was low-key right before it was lee barbados but i'm home trying to convince me to skip out on going to Canada and then go to another like Caribbean island with him like I think Grenada or something to do dentistry uh, or I can't remember the country he was like we should go do dentistry, dentistry together cause... this is news to me <laughs> uh-huh. yeah cause he cause he's doing um, he's at Mona right now right doing med but yeah but cause you know he left QC in fifth form right so we were obviously still close and we're still close now but we weren't spending as much time together because he's outside the country most of the year. Mm. So he was like, you know, like, we could switch it up and just do dentistry because obviously I had the credentials from Cape to try to follow that path or whatnot, but it was like, shh. I was think I didn't really think about it. I was thinking about it, but, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, this is actually a good idea. It might not have been a bad idea, but, like, <laughs> I was like, I kind of, my heart already kind of set in stone because I kind of knew what I wanted to do from the first time I did home ec. Um, But, yeah, like, that was a possibility too, but I feel like everything works out for a reason. Um, I agree. I agree, I agree. But yeah, mom still to this day is like, you know, if she wants to shit up, don't be, <laughs> don't worry about it. Because her big thing is like, when she was growing up, everybody has like one job and has a job for the rest of their life. But nowadays, like people are so much more open to and willing to like switch up their p- yeah. careers and not be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I had to switch up because I feel, but you switch up because you want to try something else. Yeah. Right? And being open. If we talk about, you both mentioned (laughs) the culture shock and just the insane difference moving to the U.S. And we know from here that the U.S. is very different from what we experience here in Canada. (laughs) So let's talk, it could be food, it could be weather, it could be just the people in general. Um... And it, you could think within your space at Howard, but also outside of that space like in, in terms of like a campus space. Yeah, mm. because you did say and we saw from social media that you all had a very close knit um, cohort. Almost. Yes. Group of Caribbean students that you had around you as support, which is great. But 
What were the not so great things? Spill the tea. Spill the tea. I was thinking spill the tea. <laughs> okay, so not so great things. Definitely the food. Um, you know, we're used to good macaroni pie, good baked chicken, good, you know, rice. And when I came here, it was just, we had to go to the cafeteria for meals every day. Mm. And honestly, the food looked like it would move itself. Like, <laughs> so it really was not it. And for, that's why we had to eat so much ramen because for a while we were like, <laughs> not, this is, like there were days when we wanted to cry like this is not it um, oh, and we had no kitchens so we couldn't cook uh, so we were forced to eat that or something that we could microwave or do really oh, quickly okay. which was having in the case so yeah it got better when we got kitchens though <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> definitely and you your does it does like within first year do you have to get a meal plan that yeah. you have to use at the cafeteria uh my school up here tried to do that and that's why i was like drawn away from living on campus because i was like no you're not gonna like make this a mandatory thing that i have to pay however many thousands of dollars they wanted me to pay for the meal plan even if i got the lowest one it was still a good set of money and then forced me to eat whatever food is on campus like didn't sound appealing at all yeah definitely not like, I think our meal plans are a couple thousand. And Four thousand? Yeah. What? A lot of money. I mean, you get money to, like, go to the store as well. So you could buy, like, grocery yeah. school stores. Okay. But, like, That's cool. only, like, a thousand out of that is that. The rest of it is swipes for the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, eat twice a day. Yeah. And then the food is like even the grocery things like okay you buy a carton of milk but now that's not five dollars that's twenty dollars of their school dollars so really yeah like everything was overpriced so you didn't really get their money for the meal plan um yeah wow even back home twenty dollars is not how much a carton of milk costs it might be fifteen <laughs> which is Bacon still crazy would be like fourteen us like. 20 US, yeah. They just don't want you to eat. That's funny too, because you know, you would think that you would at least be getting cheap groceries, right? On that's how, campus, like, your modern yeah, convention. Yeah. You would think they're supplementing something, but they're really just coaxing you into buying mm-hmm. the meal plan. Yeah. You can't opt out of it. And then essentially giving them back the money yeah. because you have to buy things um, at ridiculous up. prices. Wow. Right. And then, as Shannon said, for we had we didn't have kitchens. So, our bathroom sink and whatever we chose to wash our dishes in <laughs> it, it was the same sink and oh. you know we had a mini fridge and a microwave on top of it so um whatever we couldn't buy a lot of groceries anyway um because our yeah, fridge is super small yeah, and then the microwavable mac and cheeses and ramen i haven't eaten those since freshman year just because I <laughs> ate so much of it in my first year. Uh, it, it turned away. So disgusting. So disgusting. And like, we had to turn to stealing. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say No, I mean, like, picking up the forks and spoons and salt. Oh, okay, okay, okay. From oh, Chipotle okay. and the calf <laughs> because we didn't have any cutlery or anything. Um, it wasn't stealing because <laughs> they're yeah. free to take, but still, we didn't have any cutlery in our dorm, 
or anywhere to put it. So, and they're disposable. So mm-hmm. we had to, you know, get stuff from Chipotle down the street. That's cool. Adaptability <laughs> coming But yeah, that is, that was freshman year. It got way better in sophomore. And yeah, once you could start living by yourself and kind of detach. Yeah, well, we were still on campus, but... Um, but... Yeah, we had kitchens then. So... Yeah. Let's go to others. Yeah, we were able to I mean, survive better. I feel like there would be pros and cons either way, like staying on campus or not staying on campus, but mm. hopefully, you know, the authentic experience that you always hear about follow through to some degree um, of being on campus because then you're more so in the culture more consistently because for me I was very much a go to school leave school right at whenever I, whenever my class finish I'm gonna eat one thing I run it home <laughs> I don't stick enough at school um, so I mean I still feel like I was able to be involved in George Brown culture but I feel like staying on campus and living there probably would have been more of a, I guess, fulfilling experience in that aspect if that was what someone was going for. Like, for me, it was, like, whatever. Like, I didn't really care that much, but I could definitely see the pros of that side of it. Yeah. Was there anything about the people, like, Americans, that shocked you within this whole culture shock thing? Because even for us up here, mm. I found, like, simple things, something as simple as I walk into one of my... Um, labs or just a classroom and my automatic thing is to say good morning and the first time I did it nobody said it back to me so I was like all right looks like I'm done with that because like everybody acknowledged that I said it but nobody replied replied. and I was like wait just just me (laughs) am I losing it so that was one thing that stood out to me from the get-go. And then the other thing that we've talked about in a past episode was just having to alter how we speak, how fast we speak, and then just adapting to the lingo and mainly slowing down, though, because we talk really I fast. speak ungodly quickly. And with a mask, because I mumble sometimes, especially when I'm thinking like at work, I mean, my head is going like 10,000 kilometers an hour. And then someone's, like, trying to stop me to, like, you know, show them something, like, one step ahead. I'm like, bro, like, we already down the road. What are you doing? So then it's like, all right, I got to repeat what I was trying to, what I already had in my head. I have to repeat it now. So I say super quickly just to get to the next thing. And because of the mask, because we have to wear masks at work, like, the audio is so bad. It's a struggle now. It's, it's coming up again. It's like, I thought we were past this, you know? <laughs> um, in terms of the people, I feel like... For our accents, American people love our accents. They're super excited. Like, I don't know if it's because we go to school at Howard where it's like, you know, we, Howard tries to really put, push forward that black identity, that black pride, that black, you know, you want to be that. You could wear your natural hair, whatever, whatever. Um, that they appreciate it and they want to be a part of it. Like, their introduction would be like, my granny's grandma, blah, 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 is from Jamaica or she's from Barbados. <laughs> like, they are very proud to say these things. So they really try, I feel like, to like appreciate your accent and stuff like that so i don't feel like i had to slow down but the funny thing is i feel like when it came to other caribbean people is where it was like especially the jamaicans they were like you guys sound like nothing you guys sound weird like but i'm like i literally can't understand you either and it's right 
it's not like I would have thought that they as Caribbean people would have understood us more or more easily at the beginning yeah. so yeah but I feel like the American people they really try to like appreciate they try not to tell you to like slow down too much like they really appreciate sometimes what you're saying and how you say your stuff in your accent sometimes they That's don't true. even like understand you but they're just looking at you <laughs> with like oh they're just so in awe right, lovely <laughs> whatever you just said um i found out yeah. <laughs> at work i would say a joke and i had a coworker that worked next to me for like a year and she was just automatically laughing and like it made sense to me that she was laughing because i was saying these funniest jokes on earth and then i found out that like she just laughs sometimes just because <laughs> but like it wasn't disrespectful it was like i get it because like i'd be speaking quickly right. but yeah that was cool I didn't mean I wasn't made to feel like you know less than because of or weird because of it. Another thing with the culture shock, I should say, is um, they black Americans have really you know they're still really struggling in, um, to deal with you know all the injustices and prejudices and you know all of these things and. Coming there from Barbados, like a predominantly uh, Uh black country, I didn't understand their struggle. I really didn't understand it. So people in like my English class would be like, I don't want to, I don't want to see white people on campus. I don't want to see white people do this. Um, We are in our safe space where they always sing it. And they were really like, I don't want to say attacking, but really like against white people mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it at first but after a while of being on campus and hearing stories and things that happened to them um, you really understand and appreciate um, you know their experiences and their life so that was another thing that was very shocking to me like how people on campus would like react you know, to things because, you know, they've been experiencing microaggressions for so long and they know how to yeah. pick it up. I feel like in Barbados, we don't really uh, know yeah. how to, like, pick up. Identify those yeah. kind of things, yeah. Only now, it. more discussions are coming out and people are talking about we've been accepting this and y'all have been entertaining this kind of behavior and yada, yada, yada. I know people are saying things. Right. But the reality is we've been seeing those sort of behaviors from small. So we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, not, that is not acceptable. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that was another thing. And, like, following up on what Tiffany is saying. So, like, we hear about it in experiences. But one thing I had liked about my experience at Howard is that it was mandatory to take, like, an African-American class. So when we took that class, we had no choice but to really learn about what they went through. And then you would sit down and they would be talking about Jim Crow or what happened to them. Like, it's not even that far back because I feel like when we think about slavery, we think about these things, we think, oh, that was decades and centuries Mm -hmm. ago. But then they're like, 1960 or, you know, that's not that long ago. Right. And people's experiences would be like, this girl spit on me or this girl threw water at me or they bullied me. And it's, it's... at first when you come you're like why are they behaving like this why do they have such a hatred for these people like i understand slavery but i guess because we come from barbados we were not 
we don't get that level of racism or that level of attack. Maybe it's like, like as Tiffany was saying, it's like microaggressions, but here yeah. it's actual like physical people coming at you and saying stuff to you and telling you need to get out of here. So I really like, I grew an appreciation for an, an, an understanding for like what they're going through and the way they are, the way they are as well. Some people were like, Howard is literally where they came. This is the only place they've ever felt safe their entire life. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're 18 or whatever. So think to think that you went through 18 years of yeah. torment. You weren't feeling safe at your school, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think it's also um, great that y'all were able to come from an environment like Barbados and be able to feel safe. And unfortunately, there are all these microaggressions that you ignore or you just push off or that's just how it is. You know, that's the culture. Like, there's nothing to be done about that. Those things aside, like, you grow up in a community and a, in a place like Barbados and then are able to move into an environment like the States experience almost the complete opposite and then grow an appreciation for it i think that's much better than the other way around but also you're growing so much from that experience on a whole okay i feel like the way things have gone in particular the last couple months you know like that many things last being put on the struggle of black people in north america and just around the world um being in canada like we didn't feel like we were like on ground zero when it first like happened or you know the first um protest started to happen um we had some that followed really quickly after actually but you know like it wasn't as immediate um so i thought that was interesting um just the way that you guys were not necessarily close but closer and more like at the surface level of that yeah um, yeah able to empathize more yeah, because you're in those scenarios. Yeah, you'll be in the society and you'll see like how people directly around you are acting or, or in the same country, really. Yeah. Um, but, On a lighter note. Yeah, <laughs> just switch it up. Um, oh, take a breath. <laughs> if you guys had to point to a moment, or can you identify like some sort of eureka moment where um, the idea for Bajan style smiles came to mind, or you know? What form? If you had like a specific moment where it's like, ah, this could be in XYZ's form. Yeah. One person can explain what it is because we haven't said to anybody you haven't, um. what it is. So you can <laughs> explain what it is. And then, yeah. If whether it was like an individual moment, like one person had the realization and then was like, oh my gosh, let's do this. Or if it was a joint thing. So I feel like when I was growing up in Barbados, because I came up with the idea to, like, I pushed the idea at Tiffany, not, like, the, the thought, not necessarily what we have, but I was, like, you know, this is something that would be interesting to do, some sort of mentorship program or some sort of mentorship page that would inspire future preventive students to come and do dentistry as well. Because I feel like when I was growing up in Barbados, the only people you could have talked to or spoken to were people that were already dentists. But yeah. they've, they've left the the school days 20 years ago 30 mm-hmm. years ago they don't know the current you know they don't know what you have to do right now to get into dental school etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i felt like with this page we could really give some mentorship to students to figure out what you need to do because we made mistakes and we'd like to be able to give advice 
so that other students don't come and make those same mistakes and mentorship. And also you can, it will help with networking. Now we're seeing, we'll be linking students that are in secondary school that are interested mm-hmm. in dentistry with a person that might be going to a school that they're interested in or, you know, doing something that they're interested in. They might not know if they want to do dentistry, but now we've got a million students that we're trying to bring together to really show you if this is what you want to do and to inspire you. And that's when I came and told Tiffany, you know, this is something interesting. And Tiffany was like, yeah, let's do it today. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and then you could go from here, Tiffany. Yeah, give Shannon all the credit for the idea. I was just, you know, literally watching, binge watching Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) And Shannon was just like, Tiffany, just quarantine things. And let us do (laughs) something that would actually help. Because Shannon said everything that the page is about. Uh, We really want to help um, pre-dentist students, regardless if they're in sixth form, uh, fifth form, you know, any undergraduate students as well who might need help or who might be interested in the field, especially people from Barbados and islands that do not have dental schools, which is Mm -hmm. every other island other than... Jamaica and Trinidad. Yeah. Um, so Jamaicans and Trinidad, they more have they have a you know a, a better idea because they can go and visit their dental school. They can ask dental students that they might know um, about stuff. And we are always you know we have to resort to asking med students how their journey is. And to be quite yeah. honest, is is very different. Dental school and being on a pre-dental track is very is 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 slightly more complicated i would say than being a pre-med student so we wanted to give um Beijing students and like the wider caribbean students an opportunity to ask any question uh frequently asked questions um so that they can more have an idea of if they're interested or what they should do or what they can do better to enter the field. Because the goal is for everybody who wants to become a dentist to, you know, become the best dentist they can be. Yeah. And go off in their um, specialties if they want to specialize or, you know, um, become a general dentist. So that's what the page is mostly about. I think that's great. We love it. And, and you and you both explaining it just now, something that stood out to me towards the end was you saying that you want every person or every dentist or somebody pursuing that to be the best uh-huh. dentist they can be. And that's great, especially as like a driving force to do something because people in general, but especially West Indians and we know Bajans, <laughs> it's the very like... I want, I want to say it's like hogga hogga, but it's a very, if it's for me, it's for me kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm doing my thing right now, or I'm doing this, or I'm finding ways to do this, and I can't tell you about it because it's just for me, and I need to be on top, so I can't tell you how I got this done kind of thing. Yeah, very secretive. Yeah. I hate <laughs> Me too. I don't like it. It's a reality show of West Indian culture, though. Very much so. I don't want you to be as good as me, or even better than me, but really- Yeah. That's not the way you should live. You should want, you know, somebody to come and do better than you. You should want to be able to mentor people and have that, you know, gratification that I helped this person to get here. Right. You know, 
I led them this path. Like, I gave them tips. Like, for example, scholarships or something like that. What if I didn't get one, but I want you to get one because mm-hmm. you shouldn't have the same struggle that I had. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. Especially when it's your own people. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it means more. Yeah. And at Howard, and one of their cultures is, like, a collaborative environment. So at Howard, you you have I don't know if you're familiar with Group Me, um, but it's a it's a it's a app that you can have very large group chats um, in. Mm. So you would have classes with uh, several you know several classes with uh, different Group Me's, and they would share resources. You know, ask for help. You know, anything. It's very very collaborative. So that's one. That's a really good thing that I took away from being at Howard as well you know you have to help everybody in order to get through yeah because I feel like that's not something I experienced at my university at all like they're very much especially in my program like everybody's very much like I can't tell you almost cut through where I got my agent from I can't tell you how I got this I don't want you to know how I'm getting this done like no I don't want to tell you my tips it's very very closed off and for what for what like what are you losing from helping somebody else like that doesn't helping somebody else doesn't take away anything from you i think my perspective um secondary school when it came on to because we we, me and tiffany both were awarded barbados scholarships and i feel like there were people like going through that journey that felt like they should hide books or resources that they had because they felt like Oh, I don't want you to get that, and I'm like, well, we can mm-hmm. all get it. There's yeah. no, yeah. there's no limit. Right. There's you know. no limit to the amount that we can get, and I felt like that was a time where I really realized that people were very selfish. Like, mm-hmm. I don't if it was that it was a ranking system and you had to be competitive, then mm-hmm. maybe we understood a little bit more. But yeah, once we you get in a situation mark. where we could all, literally, all how many other people were in our class mm-hmm. could have got the same scholarship, yeah, yeah. helped each other. I remember, um, I think. It may not have been Dr. Brown, but I feel like I remember him saying, you know, everybody get scholarships. We, we Everybody get scholarships. <laughs> Wait, there's no downside to that. I feel like, yeah, I mean, the culture at QC was a bit weird in that aspect. Like, a lot of people, I won't call names, but because someone just popped my we mind. We can't call names. So, like, Hello. I did not know this person was going to lessons for, like, Oh, the, the lessons whole, thing. Let's go. Yeah, their whole, like, schooling. And... The way the person in class is like, they're just like a natural born, you know, know the whole book like by heart. Like I go home and I read this book for fun kind of thing. And then it was like, okay, now I start going lessons and I found out this person was going to his lessons for like five years. I was like, huh? Um, you would have never thought, right? Just because like, obviously it's fine that, you know, everybody, you know, I think I maintain that the fact that so many people feel the need to resort to lessons shows some sort of deficiency in the schooling system. I don't think we have a bad schooling system. It just clearly there's some sort of opportunity there. But, um, yeah, I feel like it was really nothing to hide, though, or be shush, shush about. Um, I remember asking, I think it was Tiffany, about where you, where, where you guys were going for biology lessons. And it wasn't, like, any big secret. You just told me. I don't think I ever worked out because, you know, I think the day was kind of weird for me because I had chemistry lessons at the same time. But, yeah, like, it was really no secret. Like, I feel like, most of us like in that kind of group were like pretty open like yeah i go here i go here um and a lot of overlap happened because you know you kind of knew like okay yeah, this person's working mm-hmm. well for this person um but yeah i feel like 
that whole culture of I go lessons X, Y, and Z, but I don't want to tell you because I'm trying to, you know. My lessons teacher is yeah, mine. Yeah, that kind of, it's like really, it's not that kind of serious thing though. Like everybody p- gonna pay this person the same money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the I get the same information. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of lessons teachers are very like stringent with how many people they want to take on at the same time. Even if you get, even if they know they can make like X, Y, Z yeah. more money, they can be like. I don't want to have a class that's too big because yeah. they can take away from everybody. Which is like, that's fine because they can make that decision, right? But um, just to go back to the whole like mentorship thing I'm putting it forward, I feel like over the last year, that's been a big thing for me. Um, Not necessarily for my own people, but just like people in my workplace. Like, Kind of like whenever I move up in a position, the goal is to then train somebody that can do it as well as or better than me and like show them you know, my struggles and how to really re- replicate it because at the end of the day, if they can't cover me, I can't ever move up if I can't get somebody to cover me, right? Mm. So I feel like that change in culture has been positive for me. Um, and what I'm working on right now is like, I'm trying to... So I have like a mentor when I first started working at Joey's and he moved locations, but now I'm like, um, every week or every other week, I'm talking to him and trying to set it up to a point where I have like, you know, some black people at my work that I'm going to say, hey, how can I help this person get on a path to, to move forward to because I'm at a very specific location in the heart of downtown Toronto so I know my experience at my location will be different from somebody else that's like based in a you know a different type of demographic but my location is pretty diverse so at the same time you can still see certain trends as you move up like okay you might see predominantly Caucasian persons in leadership roles etc etc so Although we have a bit of a different mix-up, I know that the certain trends still maintain, maintain. So it's like, how can I um, continue to make that path and guide people that look like me along that path? Because it's not to say they're not talented or as talented, just like they're not having anyone to support them or yeah. show them like, hey, this is what I could do. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. So really want to take shape um, and see some sort of development on that path. But yeah. I think that would be a positive thing to put back to home. Like, you know, like, challenge people to don't feel like we need to be so hush-hush. And I think that's why that crab mentality, people always say that that's something funny black people. Like, they don't want to see somebody else shine because they think it takes away from their shine. Um, like, why? And girls do that a lot, too. It's like, Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where did you get like, oh, that shirt from? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you. I, I, I don't remember. I bought it at some Sorry, store. I, I can't remember. I can't really remember. It's like, from what? last season. It's not there anymore. Like, <laughs> what, how, what is that going to do for you? Right. Absolutely nothing. 